Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Human Renaissance. I'm Vivian Lamb, and today I'll be reading Everybody's Autistic. Here's why. Just like everything else on our screens, autistic people present as innocently misunderstood, but behind the camera, many of them are soulless and destructive. Where does autism come from? Parasitic infection and sexually transmitted diseases, two of the most destructive factors when it comes to neurological development, are largely ignored. If autism moms and dads were told their STDs and infested guts were the reason for their child's destitute cognition, they would either kill themselves or the medical industry would be closed overnight. Naturally, this must be kept a secret. There are many videos of people showing their children reaching their normal milestones. When they got sick or vaccinated, they became autistic. So we must ask, what is in their system when they got sick? Babies put everything in their mouth, so it is within reason to believe they have a parasitic infection. What is in these vaccinations that caused the marked neurological change in the child? Dr. Natasha Campbell McBride has healed autism in hundreds of different children by putting the autist through a detox regimen or regime, thus repairing their gut health. It is plausible that autists are parasite-controlled beings in many cases, but I believe many are damaged from conception due to the parent's mangled genes or the mother being infected which did not allow for the fetus to develop properly. This is a passage from Gut and Psychology Syndrome. Your emotions, thoughts, and attitudes during pregnancy have a considerable effect on your baby's development. Positive emotions create positive biochemistry in the body, while negative emotions create destructive hormones and other chemicals in the body, which can affect your baby negatively. That's why it is essential for you to be relaxed, content, and happy during your whole pregnancy. Stress is not the event itself, but the way you react to it. So try to control your reactions to life situations. Be calm and philosophical. Don't place any demands on yourself or others around you. Try to go with the flow, and you will find your life more agreeable as a result. Keep Seek the company of people who make you feel happy and good. Good sleep is essential. You must laugh every day, at least once. Think of all the positive hormones and health-promoting active chemicals your body produces when you laugh. Research shows that these hormones and chemicals may bring you a baby with a smiley, happy personality. And that's the end of McBride's quote. Many females do not experience any genuine positivity, especially when they are at home with a male who is lazy and is stressing them out with his low-functioning behavior. Since plenty of females are autistic themselves, she likely lacks the mental fortitude to bring a healthy baby into the world. If they are not spiritual and do not understand the impact of the unseen, they will not understand the importance of maintaining a high vibration. The word genuine is key here. Stress may be the cause of the creation of the male child himself, and the Y chromosome is likely a precursor for severe cases of autism. If the female begins to get stressed out during the later stages of the baby's development, the female is likely 
to have a high-functioning female child. I believe only 15% of women are neurologically sound. Okay, let's move on to the traits of this autistic society. So, first one is self-stimulatory behavior, also known as stimming. Stimming is repetitive actions an autistic person engages in to self-soothe because the world is not made for autistic people. Most people engage in some type of self-regulation and it is considered normal, but the autistic person's stims are much more noticeable and exaggerated, like rocking back and forth, vocal stimming, such as humming or yelling. What is this energy they must release? When the autist suppresses their stims, they feel like there's something inside of them that becomes restless and stresses them out. To release it, they must engage in the act, or they may have a meltdown or shutdown. Since males are lower functioning, their traits are a lot more obvious. They typically rock back and forth violently, bite their nails down to the nub, punch walls, etc. A lot of them engage in drug use as a means to dull their senses because being under the influence does help them deal with sensory overload and in their words, fixes them. A lot of autists may have been drug babies who require the substance to make them feel normal. This would explain why addiction is a monster that is getting bigger and bigger every day. They cannot cope with this world, and they cannot cope with taking care of themselves. Auditory stems. For an autistic person to perform a task, they must have some type of noise to assist them in their task. Listening to music while studying can be a trait, but I think it's more evidence in people who always need to have people making noise when they are around them. If it's too quiet, then the person feels deeply uncomfortable and the autist always feels the need to disrupt the piece by being loud and uncouth. They want constant mindless noise and chatter throughout the air and they will be the ones to provide it. These are the people who play loud music for everyone to hear and have conversations on speakerphone in public. There is little to no self-awareness or consideration for the people around them. They also have volume control unawareness due to their hypo and hypersensitivity. They will yell or speak in a whisper at inappropriate times, making it difficult to communicate with them. Autistic people need a system to follow and are typically unable to create their own system, which is why they need to follow somebody. The person they are following must stay the exact same and have the exact same beliefs forever, or they're the spawn of Satan. If that person changes, the autistic person will automatically believe that person is a traitor because they view any change as a personal attack on them. This trait is evidenced in cancel culture, where the autist could be following someone and love their content, but that person could have a perspective an autistic doesn't have, and the autist would see that person as the enemy. Special interests. The autistic person's special interests can be in a wide range of interests, but the top two most profitable industries are what I believe are the autistic people's favorite interests. The top special interests I've noticed from most people is animals. 
Most people love animals because animals understand them more than humans. But the obsession is extreme, in my opinion. The animal is a family member who sleeps in the bed. Its owners kiss the animals. And let's keep it real, a lot of them are also attracted to their animals and act in accordance with that attraction. You can stand heartless for saying this, but I believe it is unnatural for animals to not be in their natural habitat. And this could be the little bit of vegan that's left in me that believes this, but that's what I believe. People are free to do what they want, but I suspect these animals are accelerating the rates of the spread of parasites through their makeout sessions, feces interaction, and the animal's general anti-human off-gassing. I do not believe dog is man's best friend is something a neurologically sound person would ever say. People who are super into pet culture, as in they get pup cups, put their animals in strollers, and get their pets a weekly toy, have a certain look and personality, and I couldn't put my finger on it until I realized it's just autism. Here's an example, and it's a video of a girl with a dog in her stroller. She's not a girl, she's a woman. She's 37 in this video, apparently. And um, she has a dog in a stroller. She's just talking about how she spoils her dog. Okay, some animals are cute, and <laughs> autists have a paralyzing obsession with cute, too, I've noticed. I understand that people are lonely, so I don't go into this too much. And we all grew up with the indoctrination that animals are these amazing creatures on TV. But for me, when I got my family poodle when I was younger, uh, reality slapped me in the face. And so did those smells. So I'm not indoctrinated anymore. Getting an animal so you can get out of bed is a sign that you have a severe mental health problem. Many people even say that they have a dog so they can walk outside. Everybody's animal is a service animal at this point. This crisis won't be addressed because the pet industry is a $124 billion industry per year in the U.S. alone. That's an expensive ass walk. And it's doubly more expensive than the childcare industry, which is $60 billion per year. Please do not talk about being proudly child-free when you're a bitch's bitch. Whenever people complain about how broke they are, I take a look at their life, and there's always an animal draining them. But I can't say anything. I know somebody who recently spent $3,000 on vet bills trying to save an elderly animal and spent another $800 putting it down. Yet she's complaining about her lack of funds. She is definitely undiagnosed, and these kinds of people need to be placed in a conservatorship. All right, this is the last part. We're still on the special interest thing here. Romance. The Autistic Collective has special interests that involve romance. This special interest stems from TV shows, movies, and music, not reality. Don't get me wrong, it's great if you find love. But the issue I'm seeing is that people have an idea in their head of what a loving relationship is. 
roles to play and enforce on each other, which in my opinion, that's not love. Well, what do I know? Autistic people cannot be happy in whatever relationship they're in because it will never measure up to the relationships they saw on TV or what they daydream about. People who have a diagnosed autistic partner emphasize how controlling or dismissive they are. There's no in-between. Many autists are eagerly waiting for the release of doll and robot girlfriends and boyfriends so they will have full control over it. Speaking of TV shows, anime and video games is another big one with the autists, especially if they're preoccupied with how the characters look. They are so into these cartoon characters, they take up a lot of mental space in the autistic mind. Autists are into colorful shows to visually stem, which is why they prefer cartoons for children. Some shows have great storylines, but I rarely hear autists speak about this. It's usually about how some pixels or lines on a screen look. When autists say they're in a relationship, if you care enough to ask if this relationship is with a real person in the flesh, because they are usually in relationships with these characters. Neurodivergence are also infamous for engaging in parasocial relationships in general, which I will get to later in this post. Neurodivergence is an evolutionary change, but this change isn't necessarily a good one. They are organic artifacts to pair with our increasingly artificial society. They want their partners to be perfectly tailored to their every whim while they can be negative and abusive with poor hygiene. These are people who want someone else to have godlike traits while being low quality themselves, a quality frequently seen in narcissism. These are beings who are unable to focus on themselves. All they have is their special interests, and if they do not have that, then it's lights out for them. Echolalia. Echolalia is the process of listening or reading something and constantly repeating it. There are different reasons for the autist to engage in echolalia. They say they like how saying the word makes them feel or that the word is on their mind. So they have to say it constantly. They repeat back what people say in conversations so they can comprehend what is being said to them. Most people seem content with talking about one subject at a superficial level for decades, if not for their entire life. Many people repeat a talking point they discovered 10 years ago and have not evolved from it. In other circumstances, groups like to talk about all the ways their people are oppressed without presenting solutions because they like engaging in echolalia, not moving forward. I knew an autistic person who talked about one subject, how she hated bisexual women. To this day, she still talks about these subjects, and she still has the same amount of hatred toward an entire group of people without healing from it to some extent. I believe people who engage in echolalia do not want to heal or move forward in any way. Otherwise, they will no longer have their comfort words or their comfort topic. Same with people who keep repeating mythical phrases like provide and protect. 
I don't think autistic people can heal due to their neurological makeup. This is why they are in anti-narcissist groups. Like attracts like. They do not have the mind to move on because they are machines that have been programmed to remain in the mode of dysfunction. The most common form of scripting I know of is good morning, how are you? Good, how about you? Good. If you don't engage in this, even if you don't know the other person and you don't care to, you're seen as me. I'm not saying it's right or wrong to engage in this small talk. I'm saying that the autist will perceive hostility if you do not engage in the script and will not let it go. They will think of all the possibilities and go on a spiral as to why somebody did not say some words to them and will make it all about themselves. Small talk serves a purpose but it does fit into the category of scripting. Autists must script because they must be prepared for every moment of their lives. They are robots who cannot pivot and adapt and will sometimes be up for blood if you go off the script. Many people in their 20s and older have a lot of trouble speaking with people on the phone without it being like a whole ordeal. They must plan every interaction to a T. Scripting is what tipped me off to people being socially awkward. You must say what is predictable to them so they compare their phrases because they are insecure with their lack of spontaneity and ability to go deep. Actually, they consider being deep to be something, to simply be anything that isn't the hi, how are you, or talking about work. Another thing I've noticed is that many of them talk more than they do. They will talk about their dreams, but won't actually work towards it due to their artificially intelligent nature. Many of them believe the world is against them if they have to work for more than a week on something. These are the people who repeatedly talk about how gifted they are. I also strongly believe those who play a lot of video games are autistic. Due to the game's predictable and repetitive nature, it gives the gamer a sense of accomplishment while not getting anything done, which is a great coping mechanism for the autist. And here I just linked a psychologist who runs a channel helping autistic gamers who call themselves gifted kids. Masking. This is another extremely common trait. People behave completely differently with the crowd than they do one-on-one. -on -one. Everybody has a different mask for the next person. It's okay to put on a mask when you're at work or when you're expected to fulfill a role, but it seems like autists wear a mask for people to like them or to avoid being different from others. They must fit into the hive or they will lie about certain traits they have to be accepted by the other, even if they don't like that other person. It has been said that we all have this trait, people-pleasing or masking, for survival reasons. But this mostly happens in situations where survival isn't an issue. Masking comes off as a manipulation tactic. Neurodivergents think they are rare and isolated when their people are everywhere. And it is really the neurotypical who is uncommon. These people have gotten their masks from not being able to endure their initiation. They believe they should be exempt from life, 
If you are yourself in all situations, people will find that noteworthy, whether negative or positive. The autist wears a mask because they subscribe to a prejudiced ideology themselves, and they're scared someone else will be prejudiced to them. They think they are broken, so they think everybody else thinks the same thing too. When you are yourself, you don't have the script or mask. Making yourself seem extra appealing to new people is a form of love bombing and future faking because that false persona is impossible to keep up. In the autism community, the ability to mask is the difference between being high-functioning and being low-functioning. A high-functioning person can mask their obvious autistic traits, while a low-functioning person cannot mask in social situations. This is the average female and male, respectively. Logical Misconception It is often stated that the autist is very logical, but I disagree. Autists are highly illogical, which is what we see in society today. Very, very, very few are highly logical. Autists are subject to their emotions and the environment around them. I say this as a logical person. Logical people can block out distractions and compartmentalize feelings from thoughts and have the ability to be both objective and subjective. Noticing the difference between the two requires logic. People who do not have empathy cannot be logical because that requires holistic intelligence and the ability to talk about the ideology and not the person. Autists ignore ideology and attack the person, and they are always involved in personal grievances, which is emotional, not logical. Logic requires being in touch with your spirituality because you would have to consider the unseen as a factor into your logistics. Autists are totally physical and do not believe in anything they could not see in front of them because they are not connected with anything unseen, including their own intuition. They are easily distracted and hone into things that don't matter. They are completely at the mercy of their root chakra, and I do not believe they can go higher than their root. They are essentially like animals, for the most part. They cannot consciously abstain from the physical body's desires and they do not think of the consequences that can affect them in the future, which defies logical reasoning skills. The Seven Chakras and Autism If you're interested in the subject, I highly urge you to take a look at what each chakra signifies, and you would understand that most of society does not have the capacity to get to the sacral chakra. Even if you're an expert at this, look at it from an autistic society lens. Even when the autist is in a safe environment with all their needs met and everybody coddling them, they are still unable to feel a sense of security and stability because, as I said earlier, these beings are not real people. They are empty bodies. There is no amount of ass-kissing anybody can do to make them feel accepted, validated, and heard. If you've had the misfortune of dating one, you will find that you can be a homebody or work on your projects all day, and they will somehow think you have the time or care to cheat on them. They suffer from extreme jealousy. If you ask them why they're with you, if you cause them so much stress, they will also take that 
as another opportunity to say you're trying to leave them. Neurodivergents have a negativity bias and they are unable to generate peace within themselves. They are in constant need of accommodations. The undiagnosed autistic female I used to speak to was very spiritual and knew way more about spirituality than I did, but she kept trying to elevate herself spiritually for a very long time and made no progress. Now I understand that most people are unable to make progress because they do not have a self to work on. Self-development is only for the higher thinker, which is why occult information is unreadable to the autist. The Autistic Grip As I mentioned earlier in this newsletter, autists need to control everything in their environment. The YouTuber Irene, I mentioned earlier, stated in one of her videos that her man made her coffee. He put it in the wrong cup and handed it to her in the wrong way. The male had to go back, pour the coffee in her special cup, and hand it to her in a very specific way. This could be seen as a feminist when, but the average feminist is an autist too, so I'm starting to understand why feminists see irrelevant occurrences as progress, but deem actual progress as cruel and misogynistic, i.e. female separatism. I have a lot of stories concerning the autistic group, but one in particular was with my mother's ex-husband, where when he lived with when he lived in the same house as me when I was 10 years old. Get ready for the highest level of pettiness you've ever heard. Every morning, he required a script, waking up at the same time he did, addressing him first by saying good morning in a specific tone and in his home language, which I did not speak. I was rebellious, so I would intentionally stay in my room until 12.01 p.m. so I didn't have to say good morning to him. He still required I say good morning during the afternoon, and when I didn't, I would be grounded for a week. Regardless, I kept rebelling and said good morning in English, and I got to a point where I was grounded for the entire summer break. I wasn't allowed to go outside or play with my friends, so I just read and played on my Nintendo DS all summer. This male did not have a job, of course, so I was trapped. The few times he did leave the home, my mom came to get me from my room so I could have fun and told me when he was on his way back so I could hide. This is the level of tyrannical control you should be prepared for if you date an autistic. At one point, I was close with yet another undiagnosed autistic, autist, who suspected she had autism too. She would get angry at me anytime I shared anything with her. After a couple of months, I just stopped talking to her about anything related to myself. And I showed her videos that I watched recently, and that's about it. She started saying that I had no personality and that I was pretty much a robot. Then I reminded her that she had a problem with quite literally everything I talked about, and she realized then that it was true, and she apologized. The apology was fake because she went on to behave the same way, but at that moment, it dawned on me that she lacked empathy, and empathy is completely different from how these autists view it. This person talked at me about the same four topics, every single day for almost eight months. 
sent paragraphs of texts about one of these topics at 4 a.m. and said I was evil when I wanted a break for a couple of weeks. I made a post about this previously and I've experienced this kind of behavior from multiple people. So I was either attracting these kinds of people into my life or everybody is like this. I'm leaning towards everybody's like this because I hear about this from other people too. Two autists, empathizing with them is telling them what they want to hear, but they have no notion of the art of give and take. They have no problem bashing people either to their faces or behind their backs, and they expect everybody to allow them to be psychopaths with no repercussions. That's why they like pets so much. Because these people curse out their pets to the point where I wonder why they even have them. The animal doesn't know any better. All right. Erotomania. The rise of parasocial relationships. In The Science of Evil by Simon Baron Cohen, this condition was mentioned. Erotomania is defined as a rare psychiatric disorder in which a person has a delusional belief that another person is in love with them. The person with erotomania may engage in stalking or other behaviors that can be dangerous or disruptive to the person of their delusion. It is a type of psychosis, which is a very severe mental disorder characterized by a loss of contact with reality. The patient believes the person they've never met is sending them secret messages through the medium in which they consume their content and even by telepathy. I had a self-diagnosed autist. This is a different person, once again. Female, stalk me for months and insist that I was in love with her, even though I replied to a couple of messages of hers back in early 2020. Just like the DSM states, this person insisted that I made the first move when there was no move made, period. When I said I didn't know who she was, she said I was playing mind games, which further confirmed to this person that I was in love with her. I spoke about this in the previous post, but you cannot communicate with somebody who has communication deficiencies. Even though autists are notorious for being blunt and take information literally, they are able to manipulate situations to what they want to experience. I've experienced a few more people who have misinterpreted me to this extent. Not not in like this, oh, you love me type of way, but the, their misunderstanding was just so weird to me. And I'm like, am I? I thought I wasn't being clear. And I thought I was the autistic one. So I became a straight shooter because I got tired of people twisting my words around. This condition states females experience this at higher rates, three to one, which doesn't sound right. It's about equal from what I've observed. Females as a whole have to tone down their smiling and laughter because the male will assume you're into him when that's your natural state. I find this topic intriguing, but there is little information about it, unfortunately. I believe erotomania is a special interest situation where they need to live out a delusion, but that delusion carries out into the real world. 
But it is true, females experience this at high rates. This is where the competition between females emerges. The autist will imagine a competition with another woman. She will also insist a male should find her attractive because of her appearance or whatever other traits she likes about herself, like being docile, for example. This is yet another autistic narcissism problem. They cannot fathom that other people have their own likes and dislikes. I have this universally attractive trait, so that individual should be into me. It's bizarre. The boom in parasocial relationships is due to autism, and autists use it as a means to collect information on people and compile it as fodder for their daydreams. This is the borderline side of autism. Once they actually meet you and see that you are not the person in their daydream, they split and view this as a change, even if you didn't change, and they will have a meltdown. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. This is why I strongly believe that all autists have a higher potential to be dangerous. They can snap because you like a plain peanut butter sandwich instead of a peanut butter and jelly like the person in their thoughts. At my old job, I worked around druggies and we were warned that the most dangerous part of the job was waking a drug addict out of their sleep. They will murder you for killing their high. And I believe this is a similar situation with the autist. One of the most dangerous things you can do is dismantle somebody's fantasy. When you do that, you are no longer worthy of their empathy. And that is the root of all evil. Lack of holistic intelligence. I'm of the opinion that you cannot teach somebody empathy like some claim. Just like you cannot teach somebody how to be more intelligent. You cannot teach somebody empathy. You either have it or you don't. Reflecting on my life, I have very rarely had an issue understanding somebody, especially if they explain their line of thinking. Autists aren't able to understand a point of view that isn't theirs, even if you explain your point of view. It doesn't even seem like they're interested in alternative points of view. They just want somebody to repeat back to them what they already believe which is the most boring existence I can think of. People who are all about collectivism lack intelligence because they truly cannot fathom why somebody wouldn't want to be part of a collective, especially theirs. If you're not part of their collective, even if you don't have anything against it, you're automatically deemed evil. In The Science of Evil by Simon Baron Cohen, he mentioned that even silence or having a different appearance is enough for somebody to perceive you as hostile. I suspect people who are staunchly against the occult lack empathy because throughout history, anybody with a different perspective or a spiritual one was converted or killed, which is why they went into hiding and started gatekeeping. This is all the people who say it's evil. This is all the people who say occultism is evil just because they don't understand it. Just as an example. Oh, another fine example of a lack of holistic intelligence is this quote. If you're neutral to the oppressor, then you're siding with the oppressor. I think this is a ridiculous quote, but you cannot convince a black and white thinker of anything because they simply lack the intelligence for nuance. 
They are not capable of making decisions based on the individual. They need to take shortcuts so they don't waste the little bit of brain power they have, which is why prejudices exist to begin with, because the society is remedial. It is easier to shoehorn people into a category so you don't have to understand them. Lack of empathy. Autistic people insist that they're so different, but when I talk to any of them, they're all the same. Religious autists, activist autists, and relationship autists very rarely differ from one another, and if they do, they don't empathize with each other either. If society can only empathize with people in the mainstream, that means society is capable of evil depending on what is acceptable to not empathize with. Since people do not know how they're feeling, they cannot understand how the other is feeling. Since the autist cannot understand their own experiences, they lack the ability to self-reflect, which means if they attempt to put themselves in someone else's shoes, that means they still wouldn't know how that person feels, even if they do have the ability to envision themselves in the same situation. This is why most of them freak out about minor situations like somebody's opinion on politics, but will think nothing of raping somebody. Empathy requires IQ and EQ. A key to figuring out whether a key to figuring out whether somebody is autistic or not is the issues that occupy their mind. Mind you, I have rarely heard of males being concerned with their hygiene or the state of their homes but they always seem to be worried about how much sex they're having or how much they can control somebody, which is neurodivergent thinking and proof that person cannot take care of themselves. It is unnatural and it is new age for males to procreate with females outside of their families. When people act like dating is the end-all be-all, they should take a look back into the age of Queen Victoria the one who established patriarchy. A female started patriarchy, not males. If anything, there's already a matriarchy and females are the patriarchy's hidden hand. All women were assigned a male and were required to procreate, to expand Great Britain's population and accelerate industrialization so Britain could become a financial powerhouse. Males and females were largely segregated. Watch any show about the Victorian era Women always had their own quarters, and look at how the modern wife lives today, like a peasant in a shack, sharing the same bed and making dinner for the male, yet she thinks she's middle or upper class. But again, these people are mentally disabled and can't retain information that doesn't suit their narrative. If you frame living in squalor in a positive light, they will want it. The facts that Women are fighting over males and competing for them is also very unnatural, which is why neurologically sound women don't want anything to do with the female collective or any collective for that matter.